Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. He's Mario. I'm Murray, and we're here to talk Mississippi State football again in the doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Doghouse, presented by our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. And back again for this week, ButcherBox. Hmm, if you're thinking protein for Thanksgiving, give ButcherBox a call and get you some high-quality stuff for the holidays. I'm your host, David Murray. He's the All-American Bulldog, 10-year NFL linebacker, and proud Delta man, Mario Hagan. Mario, um, before we get deep into uh, what's going on with the Bulldogs right now, I noticed something. Mississippi State's only ever previous game with East Tennessee State was when you were a freshman back in 1998. Do you remember anything at all about that 53-6 to final with the Buccaneers on Scott Field? Uh, we, uh, we ran off from them. They couldn't keep <laughs> up. <laughs> That's mainly what I remember about that, uh, David. Uh, at that at that moment, uh, I was in my parka jacket. Didn't have much of a opportunity to uh, participate if you're in a jacket. Uh, but uh, James Johnson, uh, Matt Wyatt, and those guys, man, uh, Kelvin Love, those guys, Kevin Cooper, some names many Bulldog faithful may recognize. Uh, those guys did one one great job of going out and teaching a young freshman and introducing myself to the world of college football. You know, we're not going to talk a whole lot about East Tennessee State because, let's be blunt, Mississippi State's going to win this game. Now, it comes down to how well they win it, how efficient they are, do they get the backups in there. But I want to ask you a general question from your experience in college. When you're Mississippi State and you're playing a team like an East Tennessee State uh, from a lower division, uh, I think they're Southern Conference, how do you go into games like that, especially late in the season when you've been through the SEC grind? And you know you're supposed to win. How do you mentally get yourself up, or do you even bother trying at this point? Absolutely, David. You play the game. Listen, did they say the same thing about the main bears? Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was early bears? in the season. But yeah, I get your point. Uh, definitely, I was uh, there. So you know, we had a time we don't get ready for the Troy Trojans that come in and play you tough. You absolutely get ready for whoever put those pants on just like you do on Saturday. Any given day, any given man can be taken down. I don't want to use the David and Goliath, right? Yes, Mississippi State will and should win this game. But if you have any integrity as an athlete, as a football player, as a competitor, as a winner, and I could go on and on and on, you take you take this team and you beat them down. And, and when I was in high school, and my motto I give to my kids, no matter the competition, when you know you're supposed to beat them, a gnat can cause problems. So you kill that dang gum gnat with a sledgehammer. You understand me? And that's the way Mississippi State needs to approach East Tennessee State. Go and beat them and make them understand don't take the money game next time. What's the old proverb from uh, Africa that even a lion uses all its strength and skill to crush a mouse? Well, I don't know if uh, the Buccaneers are mice, but Mississippi State certainly is the lion or the big dog coming into this game, which we'll be talking a little more about than get to uh, the shape of the Bulldogs as they head into their final two games. But first, from our sponsor, basketball is back, uh, particularly at Mississippi State, where both the men and women are off to flying starts. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. 
And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, and yes, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts, and I should apologize in advance uh, for both the promo, the sponsors, and for the audience. I am struggling with this head cold, which results from last week's game with Georgia. And all those who think we are in climate-controlled comfort in the press box at Scott Field, uh uh-uh. It was miserable cold up there, but we soldier on, Mario, because I think you remember a few rather cold games in your day, too, uh, especially, say, 2000 Arkansas, the Sleep Bowl and things like that. Uh, does weather really take a toll if you're a competitor and you're trying to play a, a, a never mind a lightweight, but any team? Uh, David, I, I, I can only speak for me. I did not care about the cold weather. I cared about the opposite color jersey. Actually, I thought you were weak if you wore sleeve. (laughs) Listen, if you go back and you look at any film or any pictures from the time I played football in high school to the end of my career in St. Louis, no matter the weather, I was out there showing, showing arm, showing skin. To me, that was a sign of toughness. Because if you play the game, the weather should not matter. And this weekend cannot be affected. Now, the pretty boys like Will Rogers and Rara. And those <laughs> okay, guys okay, like former Rara. linebacker. You're bashing <laughs> on the offensive guys. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty boys, David. They like to wear – they got the hand warmers and all of that stuff running around. And, you know, we never think the offensive guys are as tough as us. So, yeah, let the – hey, listen, get the equipment guys. Get all the offensive guys that – the hand warmers, the toe warmers and stuff. They got to put points up and show out for the fans. But the real game is played on the defensive side of the football. <laughs> we don't care about that stuff, David. <laughs> well, if you're not a sleeves guy, I think there's a coach not too far away from where you're at in Texas right now who might side with you, but he's got issues of his own going on down there in College Station right now about sleeves on players. Okay, a little bit of a digression yeah. there. Oh, but- man, Jimbo. <laughs> wouldn't you love to be that well paid to get screwed up that bad so what can i say you know and east tennessee state again southern conference team coming in here and i want to ask you this too as you, you say you get ready you play the other team jersey you give what you've got isn't that also shouldn't athletes respect athletes from the other team never mind if they weren't recruited by the sec or fbs you know it's almost disrespectful to take them lightly because those are athletes on the other side of the ball who have done everything you've done to get where they're at. Well, listen, you respect every athlete, but you got to be real. Somebody gene pool just didn't turn out the way yours did. And that's the bottom line. You're not as good as I am. So I can't feel sorry for you that you're not an SEC athlete. You're not a big 10, whatever that may be. Your team is not as good as my respect, how hard you work. But once I get on the field, like, listen, man, your gene, your hard work out to kick in. So, yeah, I'm not going to disrespect your hard work, but I'm going to display uh, uh, mine against yours and know that mine is better than yours for the most part. And there'll be some guys on East Tennessee State that could possibly play in a Mississippi State or an SEC or Big Ten uniform. But, David, you can't feel sorry for any man. Yeah. When you're lining up against them. No, I respect you, but I don't feel sorry for you. If I can beat you 100 to nothing, 
listen, I will. I hate participation trophies. I don't, I don't like, don't give me something because you feel sorry for me. Don't stop blocking me because you feel sorry for me. No, I'm going to do that myself. I don't complain. If I'm coaching and a team beat me 56 or nothing, it's not, it's not their problem. It's my problem because I didn't prepare and my team just ain't good enough. So, no, I don't feel sorry for a lesser talented team. I'm going to beat you. You stepped out here. It's your responsibility to stop me. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw this out there, too, for uh, fans who regard these games as pushovers. Yeah, there's a lot of that to it. But think about it also. Within the name image likeness era, there may be some guys on the East Tennessee State Buccaneer team who right now, uh, yes, they want to win. They want to play well as a team. But they want to catch some eyes of some coaches out here in the SEC or other levels and say, you know what? I'm going to play really good, prove what I can do against the big boys here, and maybe next year somebody's – um you know, through back channels contacting me about, hey, here's an opportunity we have at SEC. I, I think that's what we're going to start seeing more in college football. Some of these, what you call pushover games that, you know, the SEC is notorious for playing the last weekend of the season. They may kind of become tryouts for some guys who really have ambitions of moving up. And, and that's my point, David, a tryout, man. Listen, you know, I'm going to take your name. I'm going to bash your image and you're not going to like me after the game. So that's the way you got to play the game. Don't <laughs> let a man come out there because that guy you take it easy on be the guy that goes and gets recruited and takes your spot next year. So, no, I am going to kill that opponent across from me, kill that net because I'm the sledgehammer. And that's the way the game has to be played day in and day out. And if you play it any other way, leave my football field. You know, I mentioned that uh, the Alabamas, the Auburns of the world, they try to play these games ahead of their big rivalry games. A little tidbit here that we found out, too. Originally, this was supposed to be an open date for Mississippi State. Uh, back in the 20-teens, when they were scheduling this 2022 season, they had an open date lined up ahead of the Egg Bowl, which uh, I think all fans would say is probably a good thing. I don't know how players feel about interrupting the season that late in the process. As it turns out, the SEC stepped in and said, no. If Ole Miss has to play, you've got to play. Now, whether that's fair or not, that's how it is. The SEC made sure State doesn't play an open date this weekend, so they got to play an opponent. East Tennessee State was willing, and here they are coming to campus this weekend. Just a, just a little tidbit to throw out there. But anyway, the Bulldogs expected to get their seventh win of the season, and they're already bowl eligible. Now they're playing for the best bowl position. But – Everybody already wants to look ahead to next Thanksgiving and the Egg Bowl. It's coming up. What does Mississippi State do to fix some of their late season issues, particularly in the offensive side of the ball? Uh, let's just start. You know, you mentioned uh, you being the linebacker, call Will Rogers the pretty boy. And I know you have great respect for Will and his game, but you've also noticed his statistics. The stats aren't everything, but there's been a slide in a couple of key areas that I've noticed. Not turnovers, fortunately, but his passing percentage. Second half of the season, that's taken a hit in quite a few games. He's Yes, there have been a lot of drops, but there's also just been a slide in the overall efficiency in some of his throwing there, Mario. Well, you, gotta you have to take into account uh, the fact that as the season goes on, there's more film. The new play that Mike Leach uh, may have installed and likes of Will Rogers' arm talent, his ability to throw the ball. Teams have scouted. The teams have gotten better. Let's not forget the fact that you played Alabama, you played <laughs> Georgia. That you played secondary. some of the – Yes. Even though they gave up some big plays, Alabama secondary gave up some big plays early in the year, you know, their uh, guys are 
preparing. Their coaches get paid just like the Mississippi State coaching staff. So they're going to get better. So you can attribute some of that not only to uh, uh, maybe Will Rogers, maybe a little bit of focus is lost. Maybe the hype got to it, guy had gotten to him. But teams just changed the way they played Will Rogers. And they're starting to get to him, uh, put pressure on him, may not always get him on the ground. They're starting to get pressure on him, make him rush the throw, disguised a little bit. And so when, when those things start to happen, you have the same five plays on the play sheet, different formation, you start to, things start to change a little bit in, in, in the way the guy can uh, find his receivers. And it goes back, David, and I'll try to keep it short here. I always talk about find that go-to guy. Mm-hmm. When you don't have a <laughs> when you don't have that go-to guy that you know is going to catch the ball, you know where he's at. That could affect it too. Well, well Coach Leach raised that. Mike Leach <laughs> raised the same comment after the game. He said, "Yeah, it's great. We're spreading the ball around." He's he said what you have been saying for over two months now. Who is the go-to guy? And you would think it'd be guys like a Rara Thomas or a Caleb Ducking. But when a guy like Thomas, who we've seen make great catches this season, drops a touchdown in the end zone, as he did against Georgia, I mean, is that going to win the game? No. But it puts points on the board. It makes your offense feel better about itself. So when your quarterback has time, is given time by his offensive line, makes the right throw, puts it to the right person, and the ball is dropped, you know, that's just, it really frustrates all the more, especially, as I said, those guys have made those catches this season. Now, I want to counter this. I may mention that the passing percentage is down this year, but the red zone efficiency of this entire offense, and Rodgers in particular, is up among the best in the country. How do you balance those facts that somehow when State gets down inside the 20-yard line, that's when this offense is at its best? So I guess the key then is get to the 20-yard line. Well, you want you want to be efficient in the red zone. I mean, outside of big play, let's, let's be real. There are not many teams that can have um, – a bunch of explosive 60, 70-yard plays. The game is played by marching the ball up and down the field. That's what efficient offenses do. And Mike Leach, and so far, they've done a great job of getting down inside of the red zone and putting up points. The problem is, David, getting down there. Uh That's been the big deal in the big games. And we talk about Will Rogers and his efficiency passing-wise, but you have to realize they're throwing the ball over 40 sometimes a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe even 50. I think he threw it 51 times last week. Something like 59 also, times. Yes. So you're going outside of the drop balls, which those receivers should have caught. You are throwing the ball. You are you have more than half of your play is dependent upon Will Rogers' arm. He is going to make some mistakes. So let's not let the numbers fool you percentage-wise and drop it. Let's talk about the play calling. And him throwing the ball 59 times a game, Go to it affects another piece of the game that's been missed the run game. I was about so, to mention that that was yes. our next topic there. And yes, we know Dylan Johnson, he's still not 100%. And I'm not sure that Jaquavius Marks has been a 100% all season. He's close, but he had an ankle injury back in camp that he may not ever entirely have, have recovered from. Now he's running hard. In fact, there in the third and fourth quarter of the night, Steve Robertson, our network partner, was watching beside me. He said, Joe is running angry now. Well, Woody was definitely running angry that night, and he made it pay, but that just reflects the fact that State still lacks a run game here in the second half of the season after those great performances, relatively speaking, in the air raid offense against A&M and Arkansas, which were three-man fronts, 
The run game has basically been stalled out since then, and not for lack of trying in a couple of games, but it just seems like they get away from it a little too quickly. David, 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 when are we going to learn? When is this 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 country, this football world going to learn? Going to learn? You cannot win championships without the run game. If you can, right now, name me the last champion NFL college and even your favorite high school team that won a championship throwing the ball 60, 70 times a game. I'll wait, David. I'll wait till next year. Matter of fact, you I will wait, wait till Mike Leach retires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so the thing gets to me, the thing gets to me, though, is you basically, in there in the midseason when they're winning, third down, fourth down, and short yardage, they handed the ball off to Dylan. The offensive line did its job, and they would get yards. They've gotten away from that. You see it Alabama or you see against Georgia. Those short yardage situations, yeah. they're lining up, and yes, Will walks up there. He gets the play, and it's his job to figure out pass or run and then which to do because you see the running backs changing sides. He adjusts the line blocking, all those things. But it's almost always now a pass play. Yes, they're playing much better defenses in Alabama and Georgia. But I'm a firm believer, Mario, and this reflects my age as much as anything, any football team that cannot line up even against the best teams in the country and say, we're going to run the ball and get one yard when we have to get one yard, you're always going to hamstring your entire approach. You're weak. Again, you answered your own question. What's going on? Why will Rodgers uh, passing efficiency gone down? Why has Mississippi State offense become poor uh, outside of the red zone? That's why. You don't establish. Listen, the best teams, the best teams, when you run the football and you run it efficiently, you become known as a physical football team. That's called imposing your will. You are lining up and letting them know we're coming at you and there's nothing you can do about it. The teams I played against, the Alabama, the LSU, even Mississippi State at the time with James Johnson, DeCenzo Miller, Dante Walker, Jarius Norwood, all those guys, we lined the football up and we ran at people. We ran at people and we ran at people. And that is what Mississippi State lacks right now. In the game that they were able to win, in the game where they were able to control the game offensively, they ran the football with Woody and Dylan. You look up and you got four running backs for a total of five, uh, 15 carries, six being the most bad Woody. That is not going to cut it in the SEC, nonetheless, against a top-ranked Georgia football team. I'm, I'm going to toss this out to you as well. Uh, Mississippi State has not run tempo a lot this season. They do get up to the line of scrimmage, then they read it. And in most games, I will say, to be fair, they've gotten the ball snapped a lot earlier this year most games, not every game, but most games compared to the first two years. So there's that says something about the quicker recognition, the more use of different receivers, not having to fall back on certain things. At the same time, they've been better when they run real up-tempo, and I wonder if the fact that they're so hesitant about the run game cuts into that because what eight times out of ten, I would say, after a first down play when a team rushes up there, they call a running play because it's the easiest one to get communicated to get going. And I think state just doesn't have that in the repertoire right now. Yeah, uh, listen, I don't care what kind of tempo it is. If it, if it doesn't work, the tempo doesn't matter. I want tempo on a play that's going to work. I want tempo of the identity of my team, right? If, if passing is my team's identity, then so be it. That's what it is. But we can't go back each week and say we're an air raid offense. And then come back and say, oh, we need to run the ball. Oh, Woody's not touching enough. Dylan's not touching enough. Oh, we need this. We need that. 
If we're an air ready team, those teams are short passes or whatever you call it, they should be ready. The identity of the team is what Mike Leach should go with, not back and forth. Now, we talk about the run game, but the identity is passing, right? Am I right, David, in saying That's that? right. It's, it's absolutely. It's, it's, it's passing. So what are we complaining about? We're acting surprised about a porous run game, right? So if we don't want uh, uh, the, the air raid offense, if you want to run the football, then you may have to change who's at the head of this thing, and that's Mike Leach. You need guys, uh, a running-minded coach. This guy has told you over and over and over and over and over again that he wants to throw the football. And in the SEC, we all knew that when Mike Leach took the job, talking about throwing the ball 70 times a game, this is not the Pac-12, this is not the Big 12, what defenses don't play defense. This is an SEC conference that guys live to play defense. And Mississippi State will always sit in the middle of the pack, mediocre, with Mike Leach, in my opinion, and the air raid offense. I just don't think they will go to the mountaintop of the SEC throwing the ball 70 times a game. You haven't seen it done in the SEC, and you won't see it done in the SEC. Certainly haven't seen it since the late 90s when Hal Mummy and with Mike Leach's coordinator was throwing the ball. But then when you have a Tim Couch or people like that, you can probably do but that. But where did they ever more. at the top? Did they ever rise to the top? They never the rose to the top, and they were in the East at the time, too. So um, exactly. the other thing as well about it, and I, I, now let's say this, too. We found out that uh, the keeper that Will Rogers ran in the Auburn game to try to set up that last field goal, which, of course, an offsides penalty negated the chance to make it good. He called that himself. And so it show, it's, it's a reminder. Will, Mike Leach prefers his quarterbacks not run, particularly the first half of the season. But Rodgers has the green light to go. If And he said it. If he read the defense and he saw they were going to open up and let him go, he took it. Maybe he needs to do that a little bit more. I don't know. I certainly, I'm not going to second guess because he knows what he sees out there, and I certainly don't. But that's just one more factor. And by the way, you saw in the Georgia game, State ran a jet sweep. And I know fans have been crying for years. Why don't we run jet sweeps? Well, they got two Lou Griffin a jet sweep. They lost a yard, but at least they flashed the plays, showed they've been working on it. So finding ways to get guys like Tulu Griffin the ball more often, Hey, you can't argue with that because he may be, no, he is the most explosive player in the team with the ball in his hands. Again, you try something one time and it doesn't work, that don't mean it's not worth it. You got to exactly. try it and try it over and over again. You got, you have to balance the offense out. You have to keep the defense off balance and just lining up throwing the ball five yards, taking a shot downfield, throwing the ball eight yards, taking a shot downfield, throwing the, uh, the uh, quick route, then throwing the ball downfield, you don't keep teams off balance. And that's one of the reasons I hate spread. I'm an old school guy. I like two <laughs> tight ends, two wide receivers. I like an eye backfield. You can run counters. You can run powers. You can move guys, shift motion, and make it an unbalanced side. In the spread offense, it's just re RPO, read, run downhill. It's so boring watching it sometimes. The majority of college football does it, but it is so boring watching it. And so you want your offense to have some flavor, and that's what I think Mississippi State needs outside of depending on Will Rogers' arm talent. They need some flavor, some reverses, some jet sweep, some more more middle screen versus just outside rocket screen and bubble screen. That's what I want to see from Mississippi State. I think I rubbed a few nerves the wrong way when I posted during the uh, first quarter after Georgia's opening touchdown. I, all I said on Twitter was, 
tight end pass. What a concept. So, <laughs> and you had to cover a few pretty good tight ends in practice at Mississippi State during your years back when we were built around tight ends and fullbacks. Well, the game's changed. I understand that. But Georgia proves there's a place for a tight end, even in a spread type offense or offenses that borrow air raid principles. And Mississippi State has always been able to sign tight ends. Maybe she would think about getting back to something like that. Okay, just an idea. You know, I'm not the. I don't do the recruiting. I don't set the offense up. But I look at Georgia. Yeah, they got three great ones. Zach Arnett joked last week that the reason nobody in college football is running tight ends is because Georgia has all of them. But that's maybe a little exaggeration. I just think the jet sweep that we talked about, other teams using tight ends. At some point, you just got to show more variety, and maybe they will as things keep developing. But this is. All right, let's rule out the first year. COVID really knocked back things, particularly on the offensive line and other areas. But you're still well into this program. And even though they have shown some wrinkles this year, you're still seeing the base air raid that you saw two years ago. So at what point do you start breaking it out? Because now teams have a pretty darn good scouting report on what you do and more to the point, what you don't do. Listen, Baskin Robbins got 31 flavors, right? They're not the best ice cream but they got 31 flavors. So what that means is I can go in there and I can choose something different each day and, and, and keep it off balance, keep my taste book guessing. And that's what <laughs> football is about, keeping the defense guessing on what I am going to do. And at some point, this game, which is predicated on somebody being wrong on every play, it will happen for your offense. But if you run the same things over and over and over, I see the same picture. I am going to know how that picture looks each time you show it to me. So paint a different picture for the defense. Do something flavorful. Trick my taste buds. Mississippi State can win a football game against great team if you trick their taste buds. Speaking of defense, it's uh, obvious that the addition of Jaden Crumity the last two games has made a huge difference on the defensive line. And even though Georgia... The thing that strikes me about Georgia is there's not a lot fancy about them. They just line up and play old-fashioned football in so many ways, and they do it well. They don't blitz much on defensive because they got a great secondary and cover just about anybody. Offensively, they just let the quarterback make decisions. They run plays. Mississippi State's defense, I thought, did a respectable job for the most part in that game. So you can see Cromedy's helping there. I'm still curious maybe why guys like uh, J.P. Purvis and others aren't playing as much at linebacker, but you know that's what the decision the coaches make. Tyrus Wheat, I think he made him some money this past week. He played a great game off outside linebacker there. And now Emmanuel Forbes getting back to full strength. So East Tennessee State won't be a huge test for this defensive team, but isn't this the kind of game, Mario, where you try to work on things and then maybe – get your second line, your third guys in, get some snaps and get rested up for the next game? Again, no disrespect to East, East Tennessee State. Mississippi State is supposed to win this game. Mississippi State is supposed to win this game big, but they need to win it big by understanding what's their weaknesses are, scouting their weaknesses, working on the things that they want, the identity that they want to have, whether it's uh, reestablishing the run game, whether it's making sure Will Rogers has a bigger route tree, a bigger playbook throwing the football, whether it's establishing who's my go-to guy, right? So this week should be about one of those things. Once they go up 15, 21 points or better, and if that happens, now, again, I, I hate to just talk about a disrespect of the team, but it is what it is. Then you start working those younger guys in because you never know 
within the next two to three games, hoping Mississippi State produces a bowler that when these guys are going to be needed. You never know if a guy opts out and another guy has to step up. And you don't want to put that kid in there unprepared. So, yes, this is the game where Mike Leach and his staff goes and reevaluate, maybe even try something new to get this Mississippi State football team going and going in the right direction, not only for the next couple of games, but momentum in the rec- into the recruiting season. So you can go and get the type of players, maybe find the Brock Bowers tight end that's sitting out there and that's <laughs> listening to us, David, that wants to go and try the 31 flavor that Mississippi State is going to add next year. So that's uh, what you do this week. I think if Mr. Bowers decided he wanted to come play in the air raid, we'd find a place for him there. But I suspect pretty soon he'll be getting paid real money to play football there. So uh, no disrespect really Georgia can put together an NIL. <laughs> exactly. So he will be playing soon on Sundays. All right. Well, we've gone a little bit long today and about a game. Really, we got more to talk about for next week, and we'll probably have an early edition since the game will be, of course, 6 o'clock on Thursday night up in Oxford. But for right now, 11 o'clock game, and yes, um, no matter what comments you've seen, Mississippi State definitely wanted a morning kickoff. It's going to be cold. It's going to be clear. I don't know what the crowd's going to be like because Thanksgiving holiday is coming up, but this is the last home game. We should be getting a list of who all will be involved in senior day, and of course, even that's not final because a lot of guys still have that extra NCAA year from COVID still to use, so senior days get even more confusing in this era. Still, we'll be finding out. We hope the Bulldogs will take care of business. Nobody gets hurt. We'd like to see some backups who haven't seen much action. And this game, by the way, too, fans, if a guy does not play in this game, it's a pretty good sign that his redshirt year has been confirmed there. Just something to watch for when you see the participation chart from the game. So, Mario, I understand you got some basketball busyness going on with the family now. Yes, I, I got a young young bulldog hopeful out here making her life on the basketball court. So, yes, got to go see my baby, the next uh, Hagen in, in line to uh, do great. <laughs> well, need to get her hooked up with Sam Purcell because he's already got a, about a top 20 recruiting class already being put together for the Lady Bulldogs right now. Of course, Chris Jan's team is playing tonight, Thursday, in Humphrey Coliseum, hoping to get off to a 4-0 start. So basketball's heating up for right now, Mario. You and I, we've got a lot of football to talk about. Oh, and let's throw in two. Let's not forget MSU soccer advances to the second round of the NCAA tournament with a home victory last week. They're playing, of all places, in Fayetteville, Arkansas tonight. No, I don't understand why. That's just how the NCAA does their stuff in soccer, but it was good wish to them as well. So, Mario, have a good weekend watching the family on basketball, and we'll be talking to you next week. As usual, Hell State, go dogs. And that's the doghouse here on the Believe Network. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you give us a rating on Apple Podcast? And thanks to our sponsors, Bet Online, where the game starts, and ButcherBox. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.